Welcome to The Sober Gay, a podcast about being sober in the LGBT community and beyond. I'm your host, Dylan Gay, and yes, that is my last name. Hi, Aubrey. <laughs> Hello, Dylan. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? You know, making it through. I'm yeah. great, actually. <laughs> yes, we have a huge announcement today. Oh, I'm excited about this one. Oh, Everyone. my gosh. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we have merch. Yes, we do. We have merch, and it is great hand press merch yes, we we hand press it i hand press it i was gonna say it is all him <laughs> yes yeah, so there's a couple pieces behind us but if you want to check out the full collection go to the sobergay.com and click on the shop tab yes. so we are very excited you'll get a little handwritten letter from us in every order yes mm. so today i want to start off by reading a couple a couple letters you know we have or things that have been sent to us we haven't done that in a little bit yes so. i'm excited so. i haven't heard these so i'm excited I, <laughs> uh, I picked out a couple that i thought were cool um let's see here i'm gonna keep anonymous as we always do yes okay this one says hi loves just wanted to say hello and i love your podcast my friend blank from fort lauderdale who wrote in i guess someone else that we had mentioned turn me on to this uh, podcast and i've been binge listening i'm almost caught up and i'll be so sad not to have a new one i'm a straight married lady but mm. i i still resonate so so much you two keep it so damn real yesterday i listened the whole day all oh, the whole way to a baby shower stressful for someone who is sober and also doesn't like kids and then <laughs> turned it back on as soon as i left <laughs> keep doing what you're doing your honesty and real talk will save lives stay sober girl xoxo oh. blank thought that was very sweet i love that I too this i mean i'm just glad that you were able to listen to something before you got to that and decided that was the way to go about doing that baby shower yeah so. baby showers are stressful there's a lot yeah. of, there's a lot of factors that go into baby showers that people don't think about too you know like you know, just different issues people can't have children people don't want children people don't you know there's just a lot of things that go with a baby shower that yeah. you know they could be very stressful situations so i totally get that yeah thank you for uh, writing that yes thank you anonymous for that letter um okay the next one uh Hi, I'm blank, 43-year-old, gay, married, hairstylist. I recently, four days ago, have decided to get sober. I was never an, I was never an everyday drinker, but when I did, I did. Mm. Anyway, I stumbled upon your podcast, and it has been so refreshing and encouraging. Just wanted to drop a message and thank you. I have so many stories to tell, and after listening to your podcast, I hope one day can do the same thing. Mm. You're doing some fabulous work. I thought that was very sweet. Yes. Yeah, it's very inspiring that we're inspiring you. So we would love to hear your podcast when I it comes would, out. I would definitely love that because this is something I, I'm so happy that I've been given the opportunity to do. So oh, I, the more the merrier. We absolutely adore it. Okay, and this is the last one we're going to read before we get into today's episode. Uh, let's see. Hello. I just wanted to thank you for your podcast. 214 days sober with the help of this naked mind. Mm. And I reached yes. a point where I felt like I wanted to give in and attempt to drink socially. I knew in my heart of hearts, I would likely fall back to where I was in August, sneaking shots, hiding bottles, and sadly drinking at work. Listening to you guys have given me such uh, a, need, a much needed slap in the face. I still fear COVID ending and going back to socializing as my network of friends all drink and all drink heavily, but I too have found comfort in Heineken Zero and having a glass of alcohol-free wine and, and keep topped off to myself. Mm. When I decided to read This Naked Mind and attempt going alcohol-free, I told no one, even my husband. 
Thankfully, I hid my drinking so well that few even noticed that I had stopped. This journey hasn't been the easiest. The groups online, it's hard to connect with others. I find most people are the 55-year-old women it's hard to relate to as I don't have the same challenges. Again, thank you, thank you, Matt, uh, blank. I thought that was very mm. sweet. Yeah, yes. that was, yeah, that one. That, oh, yeah. Very, very sweet. Uh, we oh, love you so much. Stay, you, you got this and stay strong. You stay know? strong, stay sober, girl. Yeah, stay sober, girl. <laughs> oh, I actually do have one more. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. I, um, I'm loving this. <laughs> yeah, this is one more. And this is actually, I think, going to segue us into um, a little bit of today's episode. Awesome. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> hey, guys. Hope you had an amazing Easter break. So this thing just happened, and I thought I'd immediately share it with you guys, maybe as a topic or discussion in one of your upcoming episodes. So my boyfriend, who is also happily sober because we both took that decision together, just came to me and told me to watch this new Lady Gaga champagne bottle commercial because it's super cool in the way it was done. And you know what it's like to be a sober person, just always questioning and seeing those through seeing through those alcohol marketing brainwash. Mm. I just felt so down and disappointed by Lady Gaga. She has been a number one ally to the LGBT community from the beginning to end. And she has always been a vocal person about mental health and addictions and all sorts of things. I think, but not sure she said she was sober too when she came with Oprah and she was only prescribed meds and pills. So basically, basically she knows the whole ordeal. And the fact that she knows the whole alcohol company, that's the, why they chose her. And that's why she has a massive following of queers and gays that literally worship her. And that they are probably the main target consumer along with the women and single girls mm. that we share the same music vibes and likes. So promoting this fancy poison to her LGBTQI fans who are so vulnerable to addictions and who have double and triple the numbers of addictions with drugs, alcohol, and sex, I don't know. I just feel betrayal somehow to her values and morals and stances for the money and cash. Maybe I'm a bit harsh, but you somehow expect more from idolized figures and also because we know how destructive and oblivious such addictions to our community um, you know, re just recently I saw a young gay friend of mine who visited my hometown of Cairo. He was taking pictures next to the pyramids with the Lady Gaga Oreos, and it was all super cool and funny pics, but it just shows how powerful anything that is Gaga to our community. Anyway, sorry for the long rant, but I always like to come to you with any sorts of thoughts. Love you guys. Mm. Uh, huge thing. Um, I did respond to that one saying that we are in the works of an episode about just the pure evil marketing yep. <laughs> behind all this. And it's been something Aubrey and I have been working on for a little bit now because there's a lot of notes that go into it and we're basically going, taking full days out of our life just to notice all of the marketing around us in a full day. So it is a little experiment that Aubrey... Yeah, there's, and, a, there's a lot. <laughs> there is yeah. a lot out there. <laughs> but we are definitely oh. working on that episode for you guys because that is a huge thing that, you know, all these huge celebrities have these huge platforms to, you know, influence and yeah, they, it's they don't always use it for the best things. But. Yeah, no, no, they do not. No, they do not. And I think it's it's uh, fun. As you said, this is kind of a nice segue into what we were going to be talking yes. about is um, the marketing and towards like how vulnerable we are as yes. like people into into being able to drink and market towards the LGBTQ community and market towards, you know, a, a lot of women and a lot of people that find her powerful. And it could be it could force you into wanting to drink or wanting to like think about drinking as yeah. well it's just so hard to and i felt it's not the same like level but um there was just like a recent uh britney spears leak of an old song of hers that didn't come out on i think glory and it was a song called exaholic and the whole song was kind of her saying like how she was addicted to her ex but there was all like double entendres on you know being an alcoholic mm -hmm. and 
I just thought it was just, it just turned me off. I was like, if I heard this like maybe 10 years ago, I'd have been like, ooh, what a bop. But it was just like, I don't want to hear Britney referencing anything about an alcoholic to make it's sexy or anything. It just, yeah. I didn't want to paint her in that light for myself. You yeah. know? So I just chose not to listen to the rest of the song. You know? Yeah. I'd never do that with a Britney song, but, but it was just like for oh, my God. own, for my own mental health. I was just like, you know what? This song is just not it. Yeah, <laughs> like, well, and, and sometimes it's like, it's like when you do idolize that person so much and they, you, you, you're listening to that. You're like, Oh my gosh, well maybe she does it. Maybe it is okay. Right. <laughs> right. And I, I, I think that's great that you were able to just say like, no, this isn't what I need in my life right now. Cause you are such a huge fan. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm wearing a Britney shirt right now, for, <laughs> which you can see if you are watching on our YouTube. Ooh. Ooh, so just go to the sobergay.com and click on the watch tab. If you want to see what's going on right now and see what kind of weird movement i'm doing <laughs> <laughs> so Love today's it. today's topic I, it, we're all talking about uh, why we drank why we drank in the first place i yeah. mean that's just it's, it's we're, we always talk about all the work we're doing our recovery how we do things now but we don't really talk about things before we started drinking yeah. so i'll let you take the reins yeah um so honestly for me i was kind of um I I never drank until I got into college and I think I always had this like thought inside of me I was like I never really wanted to drink but like the church always like kind of pushed it in me like don't drink don't do this it almost made me want to do it oh, a yeah. lot more um and so finally when I w went to college and I like experimented with it I just really just got into this whole well, I like this. It feels good. And I like this. And I was also starting to leave the church at the time, too, because I was really learning about my sexuality, where I was in my life. And for so long, they had driven in me that being gay was wrong and yeah. that I had to pray it away and all of this. So I had all of these emotions coming out yeah. um, of me about like, be I, I don't want to say becoming gay, but like coming out as gay. Yeah. Um, and that really hurt me because it was a, it was such as I, I think dichotomy is the right word. I don't know. Maybe where it was just, you know, I. I was taught to not be gay, but I also like I didn't know what else to do and how to like embrace this. So my outlet for that was to drink. Yeah. Um, And that was my outlet to deal with those emotions, because first I felt like a horrible human being. I felt like I wasn't worthy of of anything because of that's that's who i was and that's not who i i was supposed to be because god didn't like that so like yeah i that's really what got me into drinking and i and i i did for a long time use that as such a big excuse too um you know later on in getting sober and i realized that you know i no longer want to use that as as an excuse though either because I also was drinking because I'm just an alcoholic. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and it just was naturally inside of me. Um, but that's really, I think just what really started me wanting to drink more because I was like, this is a whole new life for me. And if I'm not going to be a Christian, I'm going to learn this whole other side of like life and how to be, you know, everything that they told me not to do. Yeah. Um, and just and, go balls to the wall. Yeah. Go balls to the wall. Why not? Like, who cares what, what happens to me? And I, I don't have that thought anymore. You know, I'm so happy where I'm at. I'm so happy to be a proud, gay, sober human. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's great. And I feel like so many of us gay people go through that same thing with the religious persecution mm -hmm. and the way we feel and how it, how it shapes our futures. And it's, it's hard because there's so many gay people that have 
alcohol addictions that don't even know it that stem from similar issues. Um, I mean, it's just it's it's really. I remember nights being a ten or eleven year old kid having like ten or fifteen people's hands on you, like praying and speaking in tongues and all of this and you're like what the fuck is going on right now <laughs> like what i i literally am just trying to figure out my emotion i'm crying and this that's all of this and it, you just feel so disgusting afterwards because people are like you can't you can't be that way we need god to change you right now and it's like no yeah huh <sighs> Yeah, I I was raised in like the Southern Baptist because that's you were Catholic, you said. Uh, So I grew up in a Lutheran church, went to a non-denominational school, but then also went to a evangelical church. So I had a lot of different things going on. Yeah, we were in the like the Southern Baptist like scene, Mm -hmm. like the Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night scene um yeah very similar but it's just very radical the extreme you know like i was it was it's weird because like in that time of our lives we're being taught in the church of this message of love but then when we were digging into the scriptures it was you know their version that they were teaching us was not correct they were teaching us a hateful version of the scripture you know just Uh, yeah i definitely understand where you're coming from with all that repression yeah and i i mean i really believe that that was kind of what triggered me into wanting just to be that drinker that i wanted to be that party girl yeah <laughs> i a real part a partier yeah. yeah i was a partier and woo, yeah no more no more of those days <laughs> i get it um very similar for myself um started off with the whole you know very early childhood was the christian things i yeah. remember i remember going to the bathroom in the in the church every time they would talk about homosexuality because i just couldn't bear to be or listen to you know them tell me i was going to hell yep. you know but i remember oh i'm gonna go to the restroom or go to the bathroom i would just sit in there and just be like oh my god is over. and the church i went to would have speakers in the bathroom oh, too. you god. know what i mean so you could hear Stop the service it. no they did not yes yeah, so you could hear oh, the service so it's just like it would just it was just everywhere you couldn't escape it um I think as I get got older in my teenage years, that like developed into um, a control problem where I mm-hmm. felt the need to always want to be in control in which you're a teenager, you cannot. So, of course, that created that cliche battle between me and my parents. Yeah. Um, so I think by the time I hit 18 and I was out of my parents' house officially, um, I wanted, you know, I had the control. And I, I said this on a, a sober girl, a sober girl's yeah. guide podcast. I wanted to be in control of how out of control I could be, mm-hmm. and I loved that. I loved that I could go out and be as crazy as I wanted to be, and no one could stop me. Yeah, because my life before that had been so controlled and so, you know, you know, honestly, no one that's, way. That's really how I, I totally get that because I feel like, and I love my parents to death, and I they they raised me so well. But at the same time, there was just certain things that I feel like I wasn't allowed to do um, as a teenager growing up that I feel like a lot of people got to experience. Sure, and and, and I totally get that. And then it's just like you turn eighteen, and you were like, "I'm going to be rebellious. I'm yeah, gonna, I'm going to do it." And I mean, a lot about like growing up and learning about everything. We learn about the different perspectives and things, mm-hmm. and. We learn. I mean, if I had a child right now, I'd probably do the same thing. I'd be so terrified in this world that there something was bad was going to happen. So, it's all we're all just trying to do the best we can. I'm sure oh, yeah. your parents tried as hard as my parents tried. As you know what I mean? We they all they all tried to do the best they could in their own situations, no matter what shitty shit was going on oh, in yeah. their own personal lives. You know, it's uh, it's been a lot of my personal growth lately is just understanding 
what the people in my lives that I thought were doing wrong to me were actually going through as well, mm-hmm. you know, in that time period. So mm. it's that's know. that's a difficult one. And I feel like I have not dove too far into that is like trying to figure out what people other people have been experiencing. Yeah. And it's like the ultimate like, you know peace is to find just you know where you can just be with yourself content with other people's emotions and not mm-hmm. let them influence your own and that's like the ultimate goal i guess was. god it really is because I, I feel like that is something i am constantly it's like sobriety i'm constantly working on keeping up not letting other people's emotions take over me yeah it's hard um i recently i'll give you a little update as i've i haven't really talked to you yeah, about yeah, this yeah. um uh, i found out that i uh, had hemochromatosis hereditary hemochromatosis long story short um i have too much iron in my blood Mm. um for years i was going to and getting the wrong uh diagnoses from doctors about you know my mental health struggles um long story short like i said turns out (laughs) just bloodletting you know going to give my blood every three months is how it's gonna fix myself and okay leveled my moods out my love my iron levels are all good right now and um definitely open my eyes to you know just so you guys know out there one in nine people of european descent have hemochromatosis so if you're flying off the handle and not realizing why you're so angry all the time you might need to let some blood out (laughs) 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 and you'll feel a lot better (laughs) i'm not a doctor but you know i think there's a lot of people with the hemochromatosis out there that just don't realize they have it so that's crazy i I, so it's just mainly just some x affects your mood and how you kind of go about your day yeah so to this at this point of my life since my blood since i've been overloading on iron yeah um it's just gotten out gotten out of control i'm 30 Mm. years old and never let out any blood so uh basically it's it was like my mom put it in the way of it was rusting my pituitary gland. Wow. So all that iron, it creates like rust. I mean, it's not literally rusting, but you have to, if you just think about the, what it's doing, yeah. it, was, it was clogging my pituitary gland. That's why when I would get so angry, I couldn't see straight and I would regret it so much afterwards because I wasn't me. I wasn't feeling that it wasn't passionate to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was something else that was going on in my pituitary gland that was all messed up. Bringing that back to drinking it makes me wonder how many years I was quieting those thoughts in my head from my hemochromatosis with alcohol, which mm. is the number one thing you're not supposed to do with hemochromatosis is drink. That makes sense. I think that makes a lot of sense. That blows crazy. my mind. Uh, it, they say you're not supposed to drink and you're not supposed to eat red meat. And it's like all these things that I like naturally pushed away out of my life to make my life better was all the things they were saying I shouldn't be doing. Mm. You I know, had Taco Bell today, which is red meat. It's funny though, <laughs> because you, um, I mean, it's almost it, it, maybe ironic is the right word that you get sober and you finally get this diagnosis like this is what's actually been going wrong with you. It really is, because <laughs> if I, if I would have found out beforehand that I was, you know, had hemochromatosis, who who knows if I would have ever wanted to dip my toes into sobriety? I would yeah. have been like, oh, that's what it is. Let me figure out how I can fix that. And it could have possibly fixed my moods, which could have been a snowball effect. And my journey could have went a completely different way. Yeah. I'm so happy my journey went this way because now I'm so confident in my sobriety. I don't want to, cause like all these people are saying I could drink again. I'm like, no, like that is not how that works. That's, no. not, that's not how I want to do that. They're like, Oh, you could do it in moderation. Like, is I'm, this what the doctor told you? No, this is oh. what the people, the, I'm in a hemochromatosis group on Facebook. <laughs> so I love it. Which is all people like 55 and older because you don't usually get that diagnosis until you're older. Yeah. Because people don't realize it's going on. Long story short, if you, you know, get yourself tested for if you think you might have some iron. COVID and hemochromatosis. Yeah, just knock them both out. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, like, but like I said, though, it brings it back to 
you know, when I was so stressed out all the time, when I was such a heavy drinker, Mm -hmm. especially towards the end when I felt so helpless and like there was no letting out, there was no giving up, there was no end in sight. Like, I wonder if it could have been different. Yeah. But, you know, could shoulda, coulda, woulda, you know. Like I said, I think it's just kind of ironic that you yeah. you're you're here now. You find out after you get sober, like it's almost. I feel like it is almost meant to be because who knows? Maybe you would have been like, "Yeah, fuck the hemochromatosis." Yeah, I'm continue drinking. Yeah, I could have just been like, oh, "I'm just gonna keep you know drinking." I've drank, got this far, and then and, yeah, never mind. I'm yeah, not and it's so scary that like all the things that the doctor says about you know how it destroys your liver, like mm-hmm. hemochromatosis. So like that's why they say don't drink because if hemochromatosis is already destroying your liver and alcohol is destroying your liver, I was doing double duty down. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, which thankfully, like I got that tested and like my numbers are good. So liver's no okay. No cirrhosis of the liver. No cirrhosis. Yes. No cirrhosis. Good. So, so but we're we're I, I took long enough in sobriety to check my liver, that's for sure. <laughs> so, took right. like, I did too. Yeah, uh, a year and five months till I finally got my liver checked. Yeah, you're good. Were. You're great. You you weren't dying or anything, <laughs> except for hemocytopatopatops. Okay, well, I think we're coming towards the end of our episode. Yes. Um, I think uh we have some another announcement. Yeah, too. we should announce. We should definitely announce that. Check out this week's episode of the Seltzer Squad. Yes. Uh, we will be their special guests. We are their first male guests on Ooh, Seltzer Squad. It feels great. That, yeah, that's feels so cool. Good and gay and great. And also, <laughs> also, don't forget to check out. I'm on um um a sober girls guide podcast episode one twenty one or four. I'm sorry, one twenty eight. I don't know. I don't know. I'm sorry. I think it's one twenty one actually. But um uh just so you guys know, you can find us on Instagram at uh, the sober gay co- podcast at the sober gay podcast. The sober gay cod pest. That's where we <laughs> talk about catching fish. <laughs> and then you can find us online at the sobergay.com <laughs> and if you want to send us an email you can send it at the sobergay at gmail.com yeah and if you mm. want to find one of these cute tote bags or maybe a stress relief lime eucalyptus candle don't forget go over to the sobergay.com click on that shop tab you get to see our beautiful faces yes <laughs> and until next time Aubrey stay, stay sober, sober girl. girl oh yeah yeah <laughs>